Sonic underscore Gino. How many how many emotions are going on right now? Like, uh, I don't even know where to start. I mean, obviously, I mean, so okay. Jay Briscoe, I don't know what happened. I hope that you have some details. You even messaged me like cryptically, like, well, at least we have some news to talk about. So, so obviously, some things have happened within the past like eight hours. Um, I guess we'll just go from there. So, Jay Briscoe, age 38, uh, one half of the Briscoes, not the Jerry and Jack one, Gino, the other one, the, the Ring of Honor, like, uh, history making champions. That tag team that probably should have went to WWE at some point that never really wanted to. Uh, Jay Briscoe passed away. What? First of all, what's going through your head? It's just so much. Guys, thirty-eight-year-old professional wrestler is in amazing shape, amazing athlete. Passed away because of a car accident. Another individual gets is passed away. Two two people passed. It's just it's sad. And that's why I was like, I have no ROH merch, no Jay Briscoe merch. So I had like at least represent some way. So Brody Lee, be at least another dude who passed away very young and very inappropriate time and like jay briscoe had a very sad time as well and I, it's just so much going through my head right i like now that that's how you pay passed. tribute like this guy's dead too like it's a weird way and i also like that you kept using passed away passed away passed away so so jay briscoe car accident 38 years old uh where was it like i i because i was on you know my trust my trusted uh source for news and there's not a ton of details the only thing that i'm seeing right now is like tony khan saying no defense is jay briscoe he was a star in ring of honor for over 20 years from the first show until today jay and his brother mark dominated ring of honor reigning champions to this day we'll do whatever we can to support the family rest in peace so holy shit you know like yeah jay briscoe is dead uh, he's a current Ring of Honor tag champ. It's it's a, a really random one, like a really really random one, because this is a current champion and cause of death. Like Brody, Elite, when they had said like it's a non COVID related lung issue, even that was a little bit more okay. So this has been going on for a while behind the scenes. This Jay Briscoe was healthy. I just watched him. He wrestled like last month. He won a belt on the tenth of December, and now he's now he's dead. It's just it's because it's as emotional. It's as impactful as Brody's death to me as well. It's like I wanted to wear this shirt as a remembrance. And also because I get apparently Uncle Dave tweeted about it that he said like it was a car accident with two individuals in Nashville, I believe it's supposed to be the state he lives in. So like they passed away or at least was there. I don't remember. Maybe be mixed up in motion mixed this shit. I'm fucking confused. I'm just stressed and like that's just He's from Delaware. I don't know why you brought you're I don't know. You're a Ring of Honor fan from Sandy Fork, I, Delaware. Uh, how many compilation? How many botchamanias did the ring announcer go from Sandy Hook? Like no, Sandy Fork, Delaware. Okay, uh, let's go to here. Here's your boy, Figure Four. What's it called? Figure Four Online Wrestling Observer. Jay Briscoe dies in a car accident in Delaware. The longtime Ring of Honor star and champion was only 38 years old. Uh, from the Observer, uh, Ring of Honor wrestler Jay Briscoe and one other person died Tuesday evening after a fatal car crash in Laurel, uh, Laurel, Delaware. While details are still limited at this time, Delaware State Police did report that the crash occurred in the area of Laurel Laurel Road and Little Hill Road around 5.30 p.m. Eastern. It's unknown how many vehicles were involved. According to the initial report on the Shore News Beacon, four patients were trapped. There were two fatalities and two critical patients. It is one reference as pediatric. Oh, so it was a kid. That Oh, that sucks. Um Due to the tragic accident, the Laurel School District is closing their schools on Wednesday. AEW and ROH tweeted, blah, blah, blah. That, that Tony Khan said that. Um, it was in Ring of Honor that the Sandy Fork Delaware natives became tag champs. So, yeah, it looks like it was a horrific car accident in Delaware. 
And damn, like any moment, Gino, this could be over at any moment. Doesn't this inspire you to get out of the basement or does this do the reverse? You're like, fuck it. I'm going to die anyway. I'm going to pass away anyway. Because for me, this is like I need to do more things because this guy was a Ring of Honor champion and his life ended really soon. Like I, once I pass away, what, what are they going to say? Like, oh, he was a decent salesman and he had two sons. And that's the thing I do want to do more, achieve more if I can, or at least experience more in my lifetime while I'm here. That's one reason why I do want to help and support others that want to experience more. That's why I'm wanting to help Kevin out to be able to go to like a wrestling event this year. And have like I even was welcoming you, like you could come here to Georgia, we can go to wrestling, just experience shit together, just have you know that's not we, we don't need your help for that. That, that doesn't make you feel better, like that or that doesn't better your life is what I should say. Like we can go to wrestling events, Gino. We we did it. I went to like I went to AEW. I saw Hangman Page. I stayed for Rampage. Kevin can go to a wrestling event if he wants to. We don't we we can do those things, Gino. We want you to own your life. Like DDP, he wouldn't like, "Hey, like you should you should go to a wrestling show and you should buy me a ticket." Like, no, you going to your own wrestling shows on your own is fantastic, Gino. What's the next thing? And that's the whole big thing. I don't know what's going to be that next step. Right now, I'm working hard as I can to TWF save what I can. TWFS says, I need a fight forever, Gino. Gino, hook him up. What well, is that's happening? Gonna be, we don't know when that's coming out. That's coming out at some point. Maybe in October or March. Who knows? It's still up in the air. We don't know when the game's coming. But it's going to come, and I'll be willing to pay for the game for you. But again, I want to give because I want to. I don't like the idea of being selfish and just doing stuff for myself. I want to give and help others. That's my whole big thing is to support and care for everyone. I love that, Gino. That's very romantic of you. Uh, what is up with this fight forever, if I could make it less somber for one second? Because uh, I thought the AEW team, like, they have a whole games division. I thought they were on top of this shit. How come this, there, there's no release date? They just keep pushing it back? Or is this going to be like a Kid Cudi CD? We just don't know when it's going to hit. And then it hits! Where at least we don't know when it's going to hit, but we're at least good at it date soon hopefully we haven't seen anything but like little snippets of gameplay but only of certain wrestlers now so we don't know what the fuck they're gonna do we're just no it's gonna be a game we're gonna have endless career modes as john buck said i'm excited for the career modes and that's all i care about is the career modes in blur so and and with this jay briscoe passing do you think we get because are they in the game or do we now have to like uh, put them in like oh the Jay Briscoe edition because this is a guy that was a Ring of Honor tag champ multiple times. Uh, one of my favorite matches of his career was against EC3. Like I thought that was a big that was awesome. Like that that whole like prove to me honor is real. Although I didn't think the match was very good, I still thought as far as the storyline goes, I loved Jay Briscoe talking about like you want to talk controlling your narrative. I controlled my narrative since day one. I didn't have to go to a WWE. You don't think they ever called me? Like, I kind of like the his character in that whole story. Like, you're some fake bodybuilder asshole who is just such a carbon copy of what, like, he's. it's like they tried to make a John Cena out of clay and they fucked it up and there's EC3. And here's Jay Briscoe, like, no, king of the indies. I've never been to WWE because I like to work on my, my, aren't they egg farmers? I like to work at, on my farm in Delaware. Like, I don't, I don't want to be a full-time wrestler, like on the road and and not seeing my family like no i'm gonna do it this way so it's sad that it came to an end the way that it did but what an absolute legend of a, of a wrestler and to have this this fame that he has as uh to have this fame that he has as far as like he never was in wwe like never like there was never like he he's he's one of those guys like a young bucks gino uh that never went to wwe and 
has this like aura about him is no, nah, he's a legend. I, you know, you use the word legend sometimes about guys like Gangrel just because they're like 60 and still wrestling to you. That's like, oh, he's a legend. Like, I would say Jay Briscoe is actually a legend. He is an absolute indie legend, 13 time ROH tag team champions. He was able to bring you back into Ring of Honor because of that EC3 promo and the whole buildup that they had. That got you back into independent wrestling, wanting to watch more, wanting to see more, and then seeing them succeed and him and Mark have this amazing tag team reign the past two years, like them just running through indies, coming to Impact, having some amazing banger matches there that just never stopped until, sadly, now when we're never going to see them together again. Jeez, Gio. You were doing so well, you look until sadly now. I don't know if he's the one who got me back into independent wrestling, by the way. I know that's like a very romantic way to put it, but there was a lot of MLWs that were happening, and, and I was watching some NW. Even Impact is an indie at this point. Like, me trying to watch Impact Wrestling when it was uh, Brian Cage as the champion or Mike Mikey Elgin as the champion, a lot of that is very independent wrestling. So I was always watching the indies. As far as Ring of Honor goes, it – that 19th anniversary show did lure me back into at least checking out what was going on with the Ring of Honor because I hadn't watched it in a while. It was only 10 bucks, and I can't remember what the big appeal was uh, because it's not like I wanted to see Roosh defend a championship belt. Like That wasn't interesting to me at all. Like Him and Jay Lethal, that brought no, I had no interest in that. So I guess my main event was EC3 and Jay Briscoe because I know Jay Briscoe, former Ring of Honor heavyweight champ as well. So I just thought, oh, what a perfect feud for EC3 is like he's standing there like a fucking dork trying to get a handshake. See this logo? And Jay Briscoe like is refusing to shake his hand like you don't have honor, you fucking – I was going to say the F word, Gino. You don't have honor, you fucking asshole. So I, I enjoyed the work that Jay was doing in, in, in Ring of Honor. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if you necessarily – like his matches – I would check out a Briscoe's tag match in GCW. You could even say that. Like, I don't watch GCW. Hey, Briscoe's doing something. I'll go check that out. Hey, Briscoe's are on Impact. I got to watch those episodes. So I guess I was a bit of a mark for some Briscoe brothers. And, yeah, it's it's shocking. Especially it's, – it's sad. Like, we just talked last week. I was re-listening to last week's discussion. We talked about how Brian Myers is 38 years old, but he's in the prime of his career. Like, it's kind of – this weird and like in football it's like oh you're 27 like this is it like this is you're never going to be better than this is than this is a running back with brian being 38 and jay now you're seeing him be like he's only 38 about to be 39 there was a there was still a lot more that i think he had left to do so it, it hurts even a little bit on on that side like ring of honor was about to have some sort of a comeback and i wonder what that would have looked like with jay because what is the future for Mark? Like so, yeah, it, it it is it is upsetting because we were at 38 years old, even with the career that he'd already had, we were really just scratching the surface with Jay Briscoe. We were for just him and his brother, like what we could build to after their chicken fight they had last year. That chicken coop in their farm, it was like an amazing build up. Be like they're finally back together. This is the tag team that's going to revolutionize tag team wrestling at their older age, and now. Yes, sadly, Jay's gone, so now Mark is kind of lost. He's just one half of the tag team that is not a tag team, so they're going to have to like, redo what they got to do with the tag team titles and probably just give it right back to FTR if they're going to resign. Oh, that would be terrible. Can you imagine if they just – Dalton, give it to Castle why, or give it to the boys. Why, why do you have to automatically go back to FTR? I think what they're doing with FTR is actually interesting, like them not having a, a championship after being the dudes who were having – they had so many belts they were dropping them on their way to the ring. It's kind of refreshing, like, oh, good, FTR is beltless. That's awesome. 
So what are like? Why do we have to go back to the FTR? Well, there's so many other tag teams. We have the Embassy. We have other groups that can use some tag belts. It's not necessarily like well. We had these huge plans for the Briscoes, so let's just scrap all that and go back to FTR. Like, why not throw the, the these belts on the Young Bucks or whatever? They're not – I guess they're the trios champs now. But, well, even the Embassy's trios champs. There's too many belts, you know. Everybody's a champion now. Uh, that's why really the only other tag team I can think of that they can give these Put that shit on! Would... Put that shit on! Thank you, Jay. It would just be – yeah, thank you, Jay. But yeah, what would just be sad about it is that they would and they could just give it to or have a big match for like FTR or somebody versus the Kingdom, have Kingdom win. But like, I don't know what they would do with OGK then. Like, that's the, like they're floundering. They don't know what they're doing with Matt David or Mike Bennett. Yeah, because they, they're idiots. Why would they leave Impact Wrestling? Like, they, they were a 10. They, they were a 10 in Impact Wrestling. They were valuable. They were wanted. They were rare. And then when they go to AEW, they're every other fucking team. Why would you go there? They're, it's like two Ethan Pages walking around. Like, we already have an Ethan Page. We don't need duplicates of them. And they're awful. So, and I love OGK. They're just such a perfect. And I know Maria, I think Maria said something on some podcast this week about why they wanted to go to AEW. But it's so clear as a wrestling fan that we brought it up again last week. Brian Myers in AEW makes no sense. Brian Myers in Impact makes perfect sense. Mike Bennett in Impact makes perfect sense. Matt Taven in Impact makes perfect sense. Even the pop that your boy PCO got in Atlanta is proof that that group had so much more to do in Impact Wrestling. And the fact that they left as, as soon as they did is is a waste. What a waste of time and a waste of talent. Like, why, why go to AEW? Haven't we learned yet from the Ethan Pages of the world? Uh, from the Rusevs of the world, that there is a small group that's going to succeed when they get there, but for every... Put that shit on! Thank you so much, the man of Israel. Thank you for the kayfabe spell, TK. Um, for every... Like, geez, for every Brian Danielson, there's definitely a Brian Cage. There's definitely a, an Helico and a Jack Evans. All these indie guys that just don't make it. If if you're Mike Bennett and Matt Taven, don't you see like a Jack Evans not make it and kind of think that's about us? We're we're probably better off in impact. But maybe at the same time, they just probably want that guaranteed money that Tony Khan probably gave us them in their contract, so they get paid where they show up or not, or they still show up just to hope they get booked, but they don't. But they at least get paid. That's what I think that they care about. Are they not getting booked? Money. They're definitely on elevation, right? Not always. There's barely any matches with Mike Taven, Matt Taven, or Mike Bennett for some reason. They're have no matches that I've seen the past few weeks. Jeez, that's that's so bizarre to me. That's why they should they should have just stayed in Impact. But I think we covered it. You know, rest in peace, uh, Jay Briscoe. That's really, I don't know. It's sad. Like there's some wrestler deaths that really get. Like I remember when Roddy Piper died. I did not think I would be as sad as I was. Like that really bummed me out. And I don't really know why. It's not like I grew up with Roddy Piper matches and grew up with Roddy Piper being important. But it was like sad. Like oh man, Piper's dead now. Like. He was always fun for like a, you know telling uh, Bill Maher to to suck a dick to get a job, like you know the, he always had some some fun comments and stuff, and he was always he was always like you when he was, I saw him at the tw- uh, the WrestleMania twenty one Hall of Fame induction and he was hilarious, and I'm just sitting there as a young kid like not understanding all the inside jokes about. Uh, you know, is HBO here? Because remember, he did that interview for HBO, and that's what got him fired. So he gets on the Hall of Fame stage and asks if HBO is there. Ah, never mind. And Ric Flair is fucking turning red, crying, sweating, laughing. So some wrestler deaths, like, 
And you're a lot more hipster than me, obviously. You got the Brody shirt on, this Jay Briscoe one. Like, these guys who are passing away. Like, these has it, was there a wrestler death that just really got you and, like, like, that, like made you cry? Brody did. Brody honestly made me tear up so much. That's why I've realized I need at least get it some merch of eventually, and I decided to get the Brody Forever shirt because it was the better version of their little, like, charity shirts that goes to a good cause. I was like... I got to at least represent the guy who made me tear up and cry. And then hearing like people like Xavier Woods and Kofi and Rowan have a whole like New Day podcast where he talked about his impact and how much of an important wrestler he was as a person, not just as a work, but just like as a human being. And I'd like, this dude did make me cry and got me feeling really depressed. But like, I wanted to support and do what I could to show that I care about this motherfucker. That's so interesting. I, I, I like Brody as well. I mean, I liked Luke Harper. I remember I was kind of critical. I was very critical of him. He was one of those guys that had this weird cult following that I never got. It's like, is it because he's tall and kind of chubby and can do a super kick? Like, what makes everybody like him so much? Now, obviously, like, his son, like, that made me more sad. Like, oh, this guy's got, like, a son that really looks up to him and stuff, and this kid's going to have to grow up with it. Like, his dad died out of a, for a mysterious lung injury and or lung illness like like that that was and and kevin in the chat like it, like the brody lee stuff on bte was was hilarious and yeah when he died obviously and that's kind of yeah when he died i stopped watching bte so maybe that was kind of yeah like that was the most impact i got from brody but i don't know it never made me it didn't hit me the same way and i like that that hit you that was like what two or three years ago like i was thinking like when eddie guerrero died i cried like i was like a kiddo like really upset when eddie guerrero died and uh, I remember Kevin when uh, when Brian Pillman died. He was like happy because Pillman was a bad guy or whatever, or, or vice versa. He was like looking at Goldust, like what the fuck, Goldust? Like why are you crying? You don't have a right to cry, you piece of shit. So yeah, wrestler deaths, I guess, affect us differently. I guess maybe as an older person, you were more affected because you saw like the residual, like all the other wrestlers coming together, right? It was more like that, and like the stories they tell, and like the people that I've had like some communication with before talking about like Brody. And then realize like he literally is a real Kevin Nash, Gino. Boop, boop, boop. Go ahead, Gino. Talk oh, about yeah. how sad you are. Good for Nash White to support us because he is here. He's still alive and nothing bad is happening to him right now that we should be talking about. He's hopefully going to be okay too. We don't need to be worried about Kevin Nash right now, hopefully. Even with the news that came out about it. But besides the point. Kobe died the uh, day after my birthday. That was kind of a sad, yeah. like I was, I was really bummed out and, uh, because I was like, I was at Zest Fest, you know, celebrating my birthday, and then pff, next thing you know, Kobe's dead. Yeah, it's just absolutely weird, just how quick it can happen. It's, it shows how kind of scary life can be, and that's why you do have to enjoy it to the best of your ability every single day. And realize that this could be your last. And now it feels almost tasteless, you know, to talk about Impact Wrestling's hard to kill. So we just talked about people dying from Brody Lee's to Jay Briscoe's to Roddy Piper's to Eddie Guerrero's. A lot of big de Dusty Rhodes was another one that caught me, Gino. But oh, and Benoit. Even when Benoit died, I was upset. My friend was a Scotty Williams was a huge Chris Benoit mark. He loved Chris Benoit, so I was like, like what? Benoit died, and and it, you know because that vengeance when Benoit didn't show up, it was kind of oh weird. Like Benoit would never no show. And then like the, on that Raw when they, when Vince was there, I was like, I thought Vince blew up in a limo. And my dad was even like, well, it was obviously fake. And then they do like the Benoit death, and it just ruined wrestling for like a week. Because then the next week, completely, oh, Benoit never died. Like just he never he never worked here. Erase him. Is that tribute show the only reason why they kind of did blacklist him the way they did? Like they gave him a three hour tribute show, 
and then they realize like oh shit we just like tr- did a tribute to a murderer who murdered his son and his wife uh do we need to just we need to go so hard the other way and just erase them because we did that I don't know if that's the case because they also kind of do the same with Owen Hart's getting the death of Owen Hart. You couldn't find that for a long time. Still can't find the event. So again, we have like blacklisted certain things in WWE history, whether it be because we're like, oh, we got to cycle back because we did do a whole honoring show. But I think now they seem to be fine with you searching up Chris Benoit on the WWE Network slash Pika. Do they not have Owen Hart? They don't have the Over the Edge event? What What do you mean by that? I think when the network first came out, didn't they have the over the edge not listed, or at least they had like the whole memorial service like behind, like this was the night that he passed, or some type of weird warning before the event happened. Like that's I remember like early oh, days of the network. Some shit well, I, I know that over the edge was on there. I think that was one of the ones that everybody. I mean, because that that was a good show. I mean, Owen Hart did die in the middle of it, but yeah, that was there was still a good pay per view. You know, by God, uh, which really, really, yeah, when you. And then the Raw after was fantastic. It was, you know, uh, Road Dog and Godfather are about to have a match, and then Road Dog's like, let's just go talk some Owen stories. And then they just left and, like, smoked a, smoked a joint. It was awesome. You should watch Raw in 1999. Uh, but, no, I, th- the only reason that stuff would probably be, probably be pulled is because uh, Dr. Martha Hart, or whatever her name is, doesn't want WWE to make any money off of Owen or doesn't want Owen to – doesn't want to acknowledge that he ever worked there. Uh Oh, dude, that's so sad. Because in that dark side of the ring was like, they didn't use the right harness, and she's really done her homework, and she hates Vince McMahon. So, Gino, speaking of Owen Hart, Impact Wrestling's hard to kill. Was the, now this pay-per-view, so, this is so inappropriate. This is, this is so, we've got to cancel this pay-per-view going forward. Hard to kill 2023, he hate me Gino. says that fag Tony Khan never let the Briscoes be in his show. Oh, well, he was, a, he was about to, right? Isn't that what was going to happen was... We were on the the path towards Tony Khan working with with Jay Briscoe. We were we seemed to have done at least something. And Christmas, when we had the Ass Boys announced that from Mark and Jay Briscoe that the Briscoes wanted this match, that was like their one stint. And then every time we show highlights of the Doll Collar match, we don't show the Briscoes. We try not to show the Briscoes because we don't want to show the Briscoes on TV. So no, TK was never going to have that happen. And that's some executive that just doesn't like them, right? That's some. Um, that's the one that made Tony Khan do the Asian, the Asian American uh, Pacific Islander thing, right? Like they, they want to be a little bit woke. That's their plan. They want to have Brandy Rhodes talk about the wage gap. Like there are aspects of Impact Wrestling where they are. What's it called? AEW, where they want to have that kind of stuff on there, even though it's you know, come on. I mean, Shad Khan's like one of the biggest donators to the Trump Fund. I guess that's true. So we got to see. Again, we now know there is at least some wokeness. And I think Tony Khan is naturally woke person. He just finally, okay, Jay Briscoe's dead. The man who made those tweets is dead. Now I can honor him and say we're sorry. You said naturally woke? Is that what you mean? That what you said? Oh, that's okay. He's just normally woke. I think TK is just always a woke person. It's like he just finally realized, okay, now since, Tony, now since Jay Briscoe is dead, I can at least honor him and say I'm sorry for his loss, even though I would never do it on TV. When you said the way TV. you're using woke, you mean like he's like a pussy who's worried about cancel culture, right? Like, nat- like what do you mean by that? Because that yes, sounds that's like. that's what I meant. Okay, because woke that would be, in my head, the way you were using that, I was like naturally woke. 
would be like I, I didn't even get that because sometimes woke can mean both things like woke when you're talking conspiracies could be like get woke it's obvious that fluoride makes us dumb harvard did a study on it but there no one else is allowed to do a study on it you know but we just keep brushing our teeth with fluoride and then they have these dentists who read it in a book that fluoride makes your teeth strong but we just keep doing it you know we do keep doing just so we're going to keep having amazing impact wrestling hard to kill events because Genesis is no more. We don't want to talk about religion. We want to talk about people being hard to kill and not people dying in Genesis. Well, Genesis was the beginning, Gina. That's that was that's why the book of Genesis is the first one in the Bible. So that's why it was the January pay-per-view. And I think it was one of the first, like when they were going to do monthly pay-per-views because they did Victory Road first in 2004, Jeff Hardy, Jeff Jarrett ladder match. You know, I was there. I watched it. Uh, and then I think their first, like, okay, we're doing monthly pay-per-views now. I think Genesis was number one. Like, that's why they went with that name. We got a new Genesis. It's the beginning of a new era. Yes, we have the beginning, and now people are just hard to kill, so we can't even get to the end of the beginning. Of What's the wrong with that, though? Do you really think that's a re- it was the religious connotation? Because people use that phrase, like, this is the genesis of this. Like, it does mean the beginning or the creation, so... Do you think it's because there's religious connotations? We're not allowed to use the word Genesis when we're impact because hard to kill. I, no, I love the name hard to kill because it did come from. I mean, it was, talk is Jericho even had an episode titled "Hard to Kill." It was when Anthem bought Impact Wrestling. Don and uh, Don Callis and Don uh, Scott Demore, Don Demore, uh, when, when they took it over because they were saying, "No, you can't get rid of Impact Wrestling. It's always going to be around. We are hard to kill." So that's when that era began. So I love the name "Hard to Kill." I never took it as like we got to get rid of the Bible. It might not have been a Bible thing. That might just be me reading too much into it. It might have just been realizing, okay, January, it's the new year. People thought we were going to be dead years ago. We're no longer going to be getting close to death. We are hard to kill. Gino, I am an Impact Supermark, dude. Like, I, I love this stupid show, the stupid company uh, with its awesome theme song. Like Everything about this show... Uh, I love and it sucks. I, 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 I'm, I'm on board now. I tried to watch Raw last night uh, with everybody. It is awful. It's so hard. I, I was shocked by how many commercials there were. There are more commercials than football. That's why I like the Hulu version. I, like I would flip over from football and there would be a commercial and like then I would see Dom uh, getting beat up by Chad Gable and then I'd like another commercial would happen. I go to football comeback commercial it was just constant commercials non-stop commercials on raw holy shit that's that so hard that thank you so much Rashad for the hydrates but I got my water here Gino but dude how many how long is raw without the commercial is it one full hour of commercials for the three-hour show I think it is and that's why what I've been telling Kevin about why I'm just excited he's gonna be going no surrender and I'm gonna be helping him out it's worth saying fuck you to WWE Fuck the WWE, it's dead now. We don't give a shit about this corporate bullshit. We have Anthem, a better company that gives us Impact Wrestling, one of the best companies in the world of pro wrestling, that just gives you pro wrestling. There is commercials, but then if you want to be an (laughs) Ultimate Insider, you can watch the entire Impact show live, pretty much like 30 minutes after it starts. No ads. No, yeah, ad-free completely. It's on YouTube, really easy to watch. It saves your place. Watch wrestling doesn't save my place, you know. It's really frustrating. Um, I had somebody at work who was talking about the Saudi Arabia buyout for WWE and how he's not going to watch it anymore. Put that shit on! Thank you, And I even asked him why. And he's like, well, the what do they know about running a wrestling company? And I was like, well, 
who gives a shit? Why does that matter? They they like they're just because they own it. Like Vince owns the fucking thing now, and you guys don't think he has any uh, competency to run a wrestling company. What the Saudis? Whenever we book these crown jewel events, they're the ones who are like, we need Shawn Michaels to wrestle a match. I don't give a fuck how old this guy is. I think the Saudis are going to do a great job. They're the ones that. Like they, these crown jewel shows are fucking stacked. They make sure they get the best cards. There's gonna be no more Chad Gables versus Dom Mysterios once the Saudis have control. Well, we're gonna have to see what happens, but at least we know, at least till that point where we're gonna get the first Saudi Raw and SmackDown. That Impact is the better show than all three major companies on television. Impact is the number one, then AEW, then WWE. I, I don't even know if I can roll with you on that. Well, maybe I can't. No, nah, Dynamite's great. I can't deny that Dynamite, those two hours are so fun uh, because I, th- there's still some things on Impact that aren't aren't that great. Now, this pay-per-view had its moments where it wasn't that great, Gino, and it did have some moments that, you know, it kicked ass. So you were there. You were at Hard to Kill in Atlanta. Your stepdad drove you. Did he drive you? At least to the event, yes. What sucks is there's no real parking spot besides the actual parking. So we decided like park or just drop me off right there at the uh, crossway, like crosswalk to the area. So it was still in the middle of the street. So it wasn't too bad. He just dropped there. you in the middle of the road. He's like, get the fuck out of the car, Gino. So you get out of the car. You walt- you waltz in to to center stage in Atlanta, Georgia. What what was the vibe like? What was the most popular shirt? I tried to find you in the crowd. You were not in like the ringside area, right? I sadly was not in the ringside. I was in the actual like theater stage parts around the right side, so like near the edge. So I was around there. So like there was very few times I was going to be on camera. But on the next two events they're going to have in June, I am going to be on the uh, floor left. When you uh, when when Mickey James family went in the ring, I was like looking for you. Like Gino, better get in the ring with them. I thought for sure you were going to try and just pose as one of the family members. No spoilers as to what happens on this card. So you got to go. Now, obviously, the the show was, was awesome. I'm, I'm sure being there live, especially – now, you watched the, the pre-show. I wasn't – they didn't uh, – on the uh, – the feed that I watched, I didn't watch the pre-show. I didn't I – didn't, it wasn't on there when I went back to watch it, so I just assumed it didn't exist. Uh, I guess you could run us through it real quick. What, what were I don't even remember what was on the pre-show. They had that six-man match, right? That uh, Gujer, uh, Bailey, Mike Jackson, O.C. Ubinura, Alan Angels, Kushida. Uh, who, I don't even remember who won that match. Well, here's the thing. Uh, fucking Gujer was replaced, thankfully, by someone even better. We had Delirious back in the ring. It was off-sync Delirious. In the crazy Whoa, match somebody better. Action Mike Jackson. Somebody better. What's wrong with Gujer? Gujar is like a really strong, talented guy, and I could see a lot of future with him, but Brian Myers exposed him, and he showed him that he's not as talented as he thinks he is. Well, that's true. Well, nobody's as talented as Brian Myers. He's the most professional wrestler, Gino. Pay attention. Uh, and then I was a little shocked that Trey Miguel and Black Taru was on the kickoff show. I know they mentioned it on Impact that it was going to be on the 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 whatever. They, what do they call it? This isn't BTI. What do they call this? They, it was just like the countdown too hard to kill. So they okay. had also before the, the entire show, they gave us a bonus match, which I thought was going to be part of the countdown, which was Giselle Shaw and her match. I keep forgetting his name. And uh, fucking Tasha Steele, Savannah Evans against Death Dolls. And the Death Dolls did win. Yeah, that was just for you because that wasn't even on the pre-show, I don't think. Yes. Yeah. That, I'm Actually, glad. Death Dolls lost because of fucking Ty was hurt still. So Ty still got hurt, so Ty lost. Yeah, that match, I'm glad I didn't have to watch that. So we open the show, Gino, with a 10-bell salute from our main man, Don Callis. Uh, it was what? So- what? 
West, not Don Cowles. Don, Don Cowles passed guy. away, Gino, the way you say it, passed away. Don West died, so we had to do the 10-bell salute. Gino, what did you think when Bully Ray's music hit? Were you like, what? This is the opening match? I, they did announce on Impact that this is going to be the opening match. During their sit-down talk, like face-to-face on camera, they did say this is just too much of a hardcore story. It's too much going on. It's too personal. It had to start off the show. You guys can't had, wait was, through the whole hyped. event. We got to go first. You guys are not going to be able to keep your hands off each other. We're going to do three matches, and then you go. Yes, they had to go. It was amazing. Fucking Full Metal Man. They knew that no other match is going to be able to top this, so they wanted to start it off hot with the biggest match of the night being this Full Metal Mayhem match where they threw everything at this match. We had surprise returns. We had a surprise interference. It was just an amazing contest. Do, was there any spot in this? Now, I now I, let me say, I like this match. Was there any spot in this? He hate me, says Gino. How was that 100 Uber ride back home? Was it comfy? We will get to that Uber ride because I'm fascinated that you paid $100 for an Uber. But... Uh, was there any part of this match that you thought was unbelievably stupid? I, there was only one spot which we could discuss if we really want to, and that's only because the build-up form where we just had this possible turn happen made no sense. No, that was awesome. The Tommy Dreamer part where he was like, I'm with Bully now, and then he turned on Bully, that was awesome. I enjoyed that spot. Who? J- Jason Hutch and John Schuyler hit the ring, right? And... They're beating the shit out of Josh Alexander, right? So it's like, oh, shit, three-on-one beatdown. What's Josh Alexander going to do? And then, uh, hold on, let me see if I can find it. Like, Tommy Dreamer's music hits. Tommy Dreamer, TNA theme. Uh, this, this song hits, Gino. Well, Man in the Box rip off a little bit. And Dreamer comes out, right? And everybody's fucking... Thank you, J.R. Ramron. Everybody's freaking out. Like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe Tommy Dreamer's here. And I, I kind of want to watch it with you. Because it is so stupid that he punches Jason Hotch and John Schuyler, right? One punch each. And they are not heard from for the rest of the match. Like, there's there's like 10 more minutes of match after they eat their one punch. And then they're just both, oh, God, I, I can't I can't help anymore, Bully. You're on your own, pal. Even that really lengthy part where he's yelling at Josh Alexander's wife, like, give me your wedding ring. Give me your wedding ring. I'm going to kill him. I was hoping he would just beat her up. That was very, Bully should be champion after this match. Uh, didn't that part annoy you, Gino? Those guys took one right hand to the face and they were dead. Well, here's the, the good hands are just that they're good hands. But when you have Tommy Dreamer, who has the best right hand in the business, could knock out anybody if he really wanted to. He was able to knock out both of them, no problem. They took him out because Tommy Dreamer is that great of a hand compared to the good hands that is John Scott and his tag team. Partner. I kind of want to watch it because it was so shitty. I, I was shocked. It's just like Tommy Dreamer comes out with his body. Look, I mean, it, it's worse than me. Okay. Like. I'm a, I'm a work in progress. He's a work in, in, in degress. It was like, oh, come on, Tommy. You're, if you still want to wrestle and be on the screen, at least pretend. Like, I even heard him on Edge and Christian's Pot of Awesomeness Holy talking Ray, about, talking about like, oh, yeah, I've been doing the cryo rehab and stuff. Like, seeming like he's taking this shit pretty seriously. And uh, then, then you see him walk out to, like, have a confrontation with Jason Hutch and John Schuyler, who are both in pretty good shape. And... Uh, no, he's just nope. His body is his body, and it's and it's just that's him. All right, we just got to deal with that. But the one man who stood. 
Continues to fight, continues to breathe, right, we got continues to kick out. He's gonna have to do a lot more. Oh, he didn't have his music. How fucking loud were you, Gino, when Tommy Dreamer walked out? I was really fucking hyped to see Tommy Dreamer out there. It was just going to be a big one. What's Tommy going to do? He's going to save his best friend, Josh Alexander. Like, was there a, was there somebody that you saw d- this night where you popped way louder than you thought? Because I don't like Ruby Soho, but when I saw Ruby Soho and Rancid was playing, I jumped up and I was I had Ralph and we were just destination. No, I was the only I was the only person who was excited. So. Was there somebody that came out that you like didn't realize you were that big of a fan of? Because me seeing Dreamer, I would have flipped out. I was like, "Fuck it, Tommy Dreamer, ECW!" Like I would have been all the reasons why ECW doesn't die. Well, since we're not gonna want to spoil too much, there was a debut in Impact that did make me pop loud. Kazarian got you, huh? You were all about the Kazarian debut. You were so happy that he's back. Yes, he debuted. That's what debut means. He returns. <laughs> yeah. Wait. So, who's your debut that got you? I don't mean. There's no such thing as there a was, spoiler on a recap podcast. Gino. Right, so this is the recap. Okay. So the person who made me pop loud, and I thought it would be with Santino. Really? You were that excited to see Santino come out with a badge? I'm like, I will have to watch it. I mean, it was pretty funny, but it was still, I don't know. Jr. Ramrod says the Cobra. That made that was the moment where you were like, "Fuck yeah, Santino's here!" Were you happy that his name was Santino and not Greg Marchulo? Yes, I was also happy that his name was able to stay because I guess it's years later. WWE did not want to file for the trademark, so he has the trademark to his name, Santino Moreno. That was your big pop, huh? Tommy Dreamer came out. ECW original Raven came out. Bully Ray was on this card, Kazarian. But dude, you fucking saw you saw Santino and you flipped out. <laughs> Boom, right hand, and then look. So w- this is John Skyler on the ground, right? Like, so he's just down. Here comes Jason Hot. Boom, right hand. And that's it. They're done for the rest of the night. Like, it's not like he gives them DDTs or puts them through tables. It's literally right hand, right hand. And this match goes on. So this is at 19 minutes. I mean, this goes. TWFS says, yes, Santino was the best part. This goes on for another. Look at this shit, James. It goes on for another five minutes. They're just laying there during that whole thing. Like, they're they're, they're supposedly right behind. uh, What's her name? Jen? Jade. Jade, right behind Jade the entire time? Yes, they were there in the back. I was seeing them occasionally when I was like watching it. I did want to pay attention like this spot. Like that whole fucking table spot. I did take a nice couple shots, but sadly I didn't realize I could zoom in with a goddamn camera, so it's bad shots with my camera. A couple God, shots. A sick spot. What are you, a photographer? What are you, why didn't you just watch yes. the match? I was trying to get some nice pictures of this fucking spot because it was fucking great seeing him up that goddamn ladder. This was sick. Did you post it to Soch? What are you taking pictures for? Just to save the best memories, to remember Just this entire... Put it in your head, Gina. I went to a Bring Me the Horizon show, and the guy was like, put your fucking phones away. Live in the moment, motherfucker. Don't watch this on the screen right now. And then we just had to like put our phones away and just live in that moment and absorb it. Time stands still the way it did before. You know what I mean? I know, and that's what I should have done. But at the same time, when I saw this motherfucker was sending up for something big, I was hyped. I was like, I had to at least remembered this. Did, did you think he was going to do something crazier than a frog splash? I thought for sure he was about to bust out a moonsault, like, angle style. Because I, try- I was wondering, like, what, what high-flying move does Josh do? Like, I couldn't think of one. So I was, like, hoping he gets to this top. Oh, shooting, st- shooting star press! Like, I thought that's what was going to happen. 
a part of me was thinking he was going to do a senton that this time I was like maybe we'll go a little bit higher <laughs> but i also like how close he was to the camera i was like i did the lights i was like maybe he won't be a flip enough for the senton. yeah this is this is impact so we got to assume there's like a roof a ceiling right above his head already oh that was awesome gino did you cry? I would have cried during this match. I sadly didn't cry during this match. I cried during the main event. Oh, the Gino. Oh, the fuck did he kick out? There we go. He can walk right into it. And see, this is the Josh Alexander that I liked, you know. It was like frog splash through table immediately into the ankle lock. Walking weapon. I'm just Thank you, Cassidy, for the Tommy Brady spell. The Tommy spell, Gino. So, and Tommy lost last night, Gino, to, to give you some hashtags and headlines. This was a great Josh Alexander match. It was a great example, even with his wife there. He's like, get out of the ring. Get out of here. I thought she was kind of ruining it, but at the end, it all worked out. It did all work out, especially like the beginning of the match. I fucking was also hyped up. Josh gets fucking busted open, just fucking bleeding all over, just beginning the contest. Just be like, is he going to be able to somehow come back from all this devastation and damage that bully puts him through, almost killing this motherfucker, and he still does. <laughs> wasn't that wasn't that also kind of stupid? Like, Because you and I are watching live, right, on the pay-per-view. So we know, like, Bully Ray makes his little entrance. Here, we'll try and rewind and find it. To his awesome song. Impact Wrestling. He won the Collier Shot Gauntlet, which granted him an Impact title shot anytime, anywhere. He targeted the Impact World Champion Josh Alexander. He took so look, the Executive Vice President of Impact. He's backing out. He's leaving. He's exiting. He he just immediately runs up. He just runs up behind the state, right? So is there not a TV in Gorilla? Can he not know that that bully just ran off and hid? No, Josh doesn't know. Josh believes that Bully Ray has honor, and he's just at ringside. He doesn't need to watch back. He just is like, I'm he ready for this He doesn't believe about the so honor. I'm... These guys have been fighting over, like, hey, you wanted to pile drive my wife. Like He believes in Bully Ray still. Like, this was this was a blood feud. Like, Josh, Josh wanted to fight this guy weeks ago when he fought Mike Bailey. So, like, Bully leaves, right? And then I'm thinking, that's weird. Like, are they setting up some sort of a uh, – oh, it froze, Gino. Are they well, they don't actually have a good shot of it on camera because he's actually right by those speakers right on the right of it. He's just standing there just like, just waiting. Yeah, but if for the attack. that's what's so stupid. Like, shouldn't Josh, like, no, like, there's no TVs back there. He just waltzes out. Like, no, Josh is a baby face. You don't watch the TVs of your baby Because face. look well, how just, like, obvious TV. this is. Like, because now he's walking out like, I don't know where Bully is. Oh, well, no shit. You got hit from behind. The psychology, Gene. Jim Cornette would never let this happen. He wouldn't, but at least we got to see some amazing spots. This is just a hardcore, full metal AM TLC match with pinfalls like I told you they had, goddamn. You make the baby face look like a bitch. Looks like an idiot. Bully Ray goes and hides. Played his day. Does that sound like Jim Cornette, you know? It did sound like Jim Cornette, but here's the thing. It did make him look like an idiot, but then he looked strong at the end by killing Bully Ray. I don't know. I just, this is like when Natalia, every time when she's a baby face and someone gets on the apron, she always goes and tries to like attack them, and then she loses the match. And Dave Meltzer is always like, you look like an idiot. Like, that's just that's what we all say to these baby faces that are idiots. How dumb does Josh look? Like, like he's not in the ring, but you're walking towards the ring, and you don't see him. Why do you keep going? It's because he just wants to be in the ring for this contest. He wants to have a wrestling match with Bully, but Bully's going to make it a street fight that he knew he was going to be. 
It's Full Metal Mayhem, Gino. This isn't a wrestling match, all right? Check your privilege at the door. Uh, so ultimately, this was a really good opener. I like. I mean, they they put a twenty five minute match to open the show, so I thought it told it it, fi- it wrapped up that story really well. And I think as far as Bully Ray, like this this tenure and impact, I think he's only here for this match and for this rivalry. So it made sense to wrap to put a bow on it in the opener because it is just like oh, we kind of knew Josh was going to win. Good match, good fight, and I'm all for it. It would make sense. This is like the end of it. They did have like the next day was like tapings and I did not go to that show. So I would have assumed maybe they were saying something with like the good hands of Bully Ray that he like is walking out because of them, but they couldn't do their job to help him with. And that's why he leaves. So after this match, we, we kept it rolling. The announcers were a little confusing. Did you watch this? Um, I never watched it back yet. I need okay. to just to see if I'm on camera, but I have not checked. Yeah, it, it, the way they did this was a little weird because they talked about, we have another title match tonight, Jordan Grace and Mickey James. And then the very next match was a title match. It was a tag match. Uh, so they had a lot of title matches. They just pretended that there was only two that mattered. Uh, the Impact World Tag Team Championships were on the line, you know. Ace Austin and Chris Bay, the Bullet Club. How come they got the biggest pop out of all these teams? Am I sleeping or is Bullet Club still cool? Bullet Club's still cool, and also it's because it's Chris Bay and Ace Austin finally back in Impact after that entire World Tag League. They're finally back in the States working Impact. That was a big moment. We were all hyped for that. I was hyped to see Brian Myers and Matt Cardona, the major players, coming out first. Were you hyped for Heath and Rhino? Because I wasn't. I was so sad. I felt kind of bad. Like, Rhino just doesn't look like he can still do this. And you just, like, when you see this incarnation of Rhino, you just... You, you just think, ah, oh, if you were still in shape, you'd be a fucking main eventer in this company, dude. Like, it, Impact could use a main event Rhino right now. They could use a, a Bound for Glory run from Rhino right now. But he just, nah, he's not going to do that. He's trying to be the mayor and shit. Uh, so they were kind of a bum out, but I know why they have to be there. Uh, the major players were awesome. They looked great. Um, although they kind of got buried in this match. It kinda, like, they got eliminated kind of suddenly, and it was really, really awkward the way they did that. Uh, and then Ace Austin and Chris Bay were just the most over tag team in this whole fucking thing. I thought that was bizarre because I was like motor seating machine guns all the way. But the the baby face reaction that they, and I don't know if like they handed out shirts before these guys came out. Everybody had a fucking Bullet Club shirt. Were you the only one not wearing Bullet Club? I actually did have. I bought a Finesse Club shirt just to wear for that event. You were, I wore my finesse club, finesse club shirt. I fucking love Bay. Bay is the best. Bay is the future. He's the greatest. I was so hyped seeing Bay and Austin Ace. They were so fucking great. But I'd say like Rhino. It, it sucks that he's in the shape he's in. He was. They need him to be inside like Violet by Design, where he at least is good for his shape. With him and Rhino, uh, with him and Heath, Heath is, is Heath is in better shape than him. And I want to see Heath a singles run instead of him in a tag team with Rhino because <laughs> no, their history. No, I watched Heath get a world title match, and that was one of the worst impact events like ever. Like that 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 uh match he had with Moose was not good. Um but yeah, Austin and Bay looked really good in this. So did uh so did Motor City Machine Guns. I just thought it was so strange that all of you everybody in that crowd was so fucking excited. I like Ace Austin too, and I like Chris Bay. I didn't know that if we repackaged them as Bullet Club, they'd be over. Like I, I already thought they were over. And I thought this bull, like putting a stale Bullet Club shirt on them was like calling them the new rockers. But they're coming out and the crowd is going ape shit. Like now we all get to do the Bullet Club sub. Bullet Club. One, two, sweet. Like everybody was so into it. And I'm just like, these guys are like the the fifth generation. Like, this is like when people were still watching Power Rangers like after Turbo. Like even during Turbo, you're like, this isn't the same shit. 
but here we are, Bullet Club Turbo, and we're just loving these fucking guys. We are with us having two of the best in-ring wrestlers today as part of the Bullet Club and having them be the final tag team against Motor Mission gets having major players get rid of fucking Heath the Rhino in an amazing way just because to show how much of a loser Rhino is. And the major players, they did get squashed being eliminated second, but at least we did get to see just amazing X Division match content of the Motor Mission Guns versus Ace Austin Chris Bay. And then your favorite match was next, right? Uh, because this was... I, 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 so maybe this is the other reason. I don't really like Joe Hendry. Maybe Tyla and Kevin and you like Joe Hendry. I am not a Joe Hendry guy. I was glad when Moose won this match, and I just thought, whatever. First of all, I didn't like this match on the card because this is a digital media championship match. Here we are on pay-per-view, not digital media, Gino. This is supposed to be on their YouTube channel or on their Twitch or on their Twitter. It's not supposed to be on the pay-per-view. Moose versus Joe Hendry, but this is the moment where everybody pops. So you were the most excited during the Moose Joe Hendry match. Maybe that's what it is because Kevin was like, I, "I'm like, why isn't Vlad as excited for Santino?" Maybe it's because it was Moose and Joe Hendry where they were like, "Let's bring, we got to get uh, Santino involved. Let's have him run in the Moose and Joe Hendry match." Well, actually, before the Moose and Joe Hendry match, do you forget what happened after the tag team match that we should talk about? The big announcement, the big man to throw shade at AEW. Yes, Kazarian did return. He did debut for Impact Wrestling, Gino. It was a huge debut. Uh, he He's no longer with AEW. What sh- I don't remember the shade exactly that he said. I know that he had made it clear, like, like why he why like he's happy to be back at impact he was offered money to stay but he didn't want to he 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 sees more value in going to uh to impact wrestling at this time do you remember what the shade was exactly or should we watch it it was it was basically like i think it well word for it but like around the time we were saying like i don't want to be complacent i'd rather bet on myself so again eight i was gonna be complacent he was gonna be stuck in the background just doing nothing but he wanted to bet himself and prove why frank is is still the fucking man Remember Coco Beware's bird? Yes. Chino, we might see you during this part. It's great to be back in center stage. It's great to be back in Atlanta, Georgia. Woo! I'm from Marietta, but woo! Is that you, Chino? It's fitting because all day I've had Georgia on my mind, but I've had a, a few other things on my mind. Is that hack to say in Georgia? Like, does everyone always say that whenever they come to your wrestling shows? Like, I've had Georgia on my mind. Like, like It's hack, but it's still kind of nice because it's still history. It's Georgia. It's what we're going to always live with. I don't know if you know this, but all my exes live in Texas. It's like, oh, woo. Like, oh, we got it. You see, last year... I had the opportunity to come back to Impact Wrestling, and I won the X Division title. I remember that. We were very confused. I fought for the world title, and I did all of that as a guest in this house. And I we want speedball. And I was surrounded by strangers I thought were my friends, and oh. something just didn't seem right. Is that is that the shade? Strangers I thought were my friends, like Scorpio Sky. Yeah, like Scorpio, like CD, like even the Young Bucks and guys, because he was on BT for a long time, and now he's not been on there. He's not been doing anything, and AEW's not been doing shit with him, so he might be referencing like the EVPs and all this don't have any respect, don't really care about Kaz like they used to, because Arian's yeah. better than them. Well, he, he definitely got, like, when like, he he's the first tag team champion, isn't he? Him and Scorpio were the first tag champs. Like, SCU was something they were really going to get behind, 
And once we started to add some FTRs to the mix, we kind of got over our need for Kaz and Daniels. And, well, I was always over my need for Scorpio Sky. But I, I really enjoy Kazarian. He's in really good shape. He's probably, as far as talking goes, he's very good at it. So why not do more with him in AEW? Remember, he was the elite hunter or whatever that was stupid was that like they were they, they didn't really have an idea of what to do with him he's not going to be their world champion he doesn't really fit in their tnt dreams so it makes perfect he's another guy it's perfect time to go to impact or go to wwe and he's not going to wwe so welcome back to impact and now that he's here i would i would like for him and josh to run it back because even when they had their title match i had no interest because i he was branded an aew guy like that was just his he was under contract i had no faith he would win matches while he was here so when he beat when he beat speedball we were all what the fuck how did speedball lose a match so i'm glad he's back you know and yeah it is interesting how, like more and more people that are leaving AEW are kind of realizing. I don't think it's just mismanagement. I just think it's an oversaturation of talent. They, when you go on WWE's website and they have three brands and they only have ninety guys on their roster, and then you go to AEW where they have one brand and it's one hundred and ten guys on the roster, and there's a bunch of people you don't even know who are wrestling on Dark. Uh, yeah, it makes total sense to to get away from that. And that's why I'm just so excited that he did at least say it's a long-term contract. We don't know how long-term it is, year, <laughs> years, or just a few months. I guess with Impact Wrestling, anything over nine months is long-term. Like if you're here for, if you're, if you can be here for one calendar year, that's a really long-term contract. Uh, otherwise, you're you're only going to be here for a cup of coffee. You're going to be on the Matt Taven deal. Like nine months later, you're gone. <laughs> Somebody said, fuck Tony I Khan. I learned a long time ago that in this life and in this business, if you do not stand up for yourself, nobody else will. Whoa. Daggers, bro. Spitting truth. What did you think of that scarf? It's a good and addition. I learned to the that I hate complacency. Success breeds complacency, Gina. We say that at work. Very recently, I had a decision to make, and that was do I sit idly by, keep my mouth shut, and be complacent. What did you yell, Gino? On myself and walk I did not away. yell this time. Well, you guys don't have to wait long for the answer because I'm here to tell you that earlier today I signed a long-term contract. Dude, let's go. Wrestling's back, Gino. I know that it was dead for a while. I know that we had to watch Moose and Joe Hendry after this, but this part was awesome. It was, and Moose was awesome. Me and this dude, like a few seats behind, like beside me, he was so fucking happy for Moose. Moose was the best. He fucking loved Moose, and I was like, you know what? You're right. Moose should fucking win. And the match was, I thought, was great from beginning to the first end. Really, till the first end, and then Santino came out and ruined it for you, or what? Because honestly, I I hated this this whole thing. Uh, I'm not a Joe Hendry guy. I don't believe in him yet. Maybe it's gonna take me a few more episodes. Uh, but Moose is a former world champion. And th like months ago, a year ago, remember Moose and Rich Swan? I was furious. I swore I would never watch Impact again because Rich Swan beat Moose with a roll up. And here we are over a year later, and Moose is in a match with Joe fucking Hendry for a belt that doesn't exist. The belt does exist. It's just like the TNA title that Moose had. It exists just as much as the Digital Media World's title does. That I feel oh, right now. This is disgusting. Mm. But either way you 
Moose. Moose. This song kind of rolls. Is there a J-Taste version of the Moose song? Can you, isn't there? Kevin, there's a song of that, right? Here it is, Gino. Santino! The Cobra! It's Santino Morella! Dude! Santino Morella's here and hard to kill! Excuse me. I'm sorry to interrupt you doing what you love to do so much. Dancing around like an idiot. What? Allow myself to introduce myself. You see, my name is Santino Marella. Let's go! Santino! And I am the brand new director of authority here at Impact Wrestling. T-O-A. T-O-A. I do like that they did that because like Scott Demore was taken out by Bully Ray, obviously. And Scott Demore is a good like face. Of, of like, you know, he's always backstage with his headset like this and he's always talking with somebody and then somebody walks up and they have to say, you know what? I like that idea, Chris. I like it so much. We'll do it tonight instead. And we're not going to wait for the pay-per-view. We're going to have that match for your title right here tonight in Oni Impact. Let's do that. I got to go. And then he puts his headset back on and walks away. I think that's awesome. So, uh, yes, I, I think it's nice to have Santino in this role. Because, first of all, we could use some ba- a babyface authority figure that has a bit more of a character. And, uh, obviously, pff, WWE pop got the rub. And where has he been? Because he doesn't wrestle anymore, right? He had one, He's one of the guys that had, like, a career in a concussion. It was a career-threatening concussion. He did, I think it was, like, a few years back. I think it was around COVID. He was going to be in GCW for Bloodsport. Josh Burnett's Bloodsport, the whole oh my no God. rope ring match. He was going to wrestle there. It was going to be fucking exciting. He didn't end up showing up because COVID happened, canceled the entire event. A lot of great matches we were going to have there. Like, fucking Orange Cassidy was going to fight Suzuki, and Suzuki was going to beat the fuck out of Orange Cassidy. He was going to die. It would have been great. Sadly, that didn't happen. So, yeah, Santino has not wrestled since his WWE time. So, him coming back, having this big pop, it was just amazing. As a baby face. In fact, Impact Wrestling had a massive production plan. There was going to be confetti cannons. There was going to be a marching band. They were even going to release several Falcons here in the arena. Ah, the Falcons were there, Gino. They already ate. That reminds me, hold on. Cancel the elephants. Cancel the elephants. I sadly didn't see elephants or falcons. There were falcons there. They're they're ringside. Algy Crumpler was there. You need to watch this back. You know, Moose's teammates were there. It was a huge event. This is Atlanta. And I saw what you just did to kick a man in the scrotissimus region. That's disgusting. (laughs) I don't like cheaters. And you, my friend, are a cheating son of a gun. Yes, that is lying. I don't remember. I didn't watch 2010. He did. For a very short time, he did that. Director of Authority. DOA. I'm going to restart this match right now. Referee, <laughs> so did you buy the DOA shirt when you were leaving the arena? Because like they made sure 20 minutes after this, on Shop TNA right now, or whatever it is now, they're like the new Santino DOA shirt. Like they, Todd was very excited to tell me, or Tom. It sadly was not there at the event, but what I did buy besides the finesse club shirt, I bought a Jessica shirt because she's sick, and they. Fucking Mickey James last rodeo shirt because of what I thought could have been her last. <laughs> one. 
That's so funny. Like, yeah, you bought it. Like, I'm going to buy a shirt for the last Mickey James match ever. You don't even like Mickey James, but you got the shirt because you thought, I'm going to like her when it's cool. I'm going to like her when she doesn't wrestle ever again. So you bought the shirt, you know. I did, but like in that match got me to love mickey james again i thought i would never love her again after like the short time she then left the impact because impact she i loved her in impact then going back to everybody was like they're gonna ruin her they did and then maybe like i don't know how i feel about her then come back to impact to win the knockout style just to show up in the rumble with the knockout it style, wasn't like, just to show fucking up worse but then this match with jordan grace got me like she's the best <laughs> yeah it wasn't just to show up at the rumble by the way i mean she obviously deserved the belt it made sense. Look at Deanna. She doesn't give a fuck anymore. I was trying to stand up for Deanna, and then again, I watched her at Hard to Kill, this new one, and she just walks out. We don't body shame the women, Gino, only the men. And she just walked out looking like she didn't give two fucks about being there. Like, oh, I'm happy in Impact. I'm not going to try and, like, better anything. I'm just, like, here now. This is my job. Like, that's what it looked like. Did you enjoy that Fatal 4-Way women's match? Wasn't it such a That co- was my second favorite match of the entire night. Dude, it was such a coffee break. It was oh. the best. I loved the match. We got to keep going spots. on this card. Yeah, so uh, I thought this match was, wasn't good. But I'm sure that people there, I mean, if you like Joe Hendry, you would love this match. So I was just, why is Moose wrestling this fucking guy? And, oh, Joe Hendry got to keep the belt. Like, oh, Santino's here. Like, it was just, it was also silly after my awesome Full Metal Mayhem, after my awesome Motor City Machine Guns. I had to watch Moose versus Joe. Say that all out. I had to watch Moose versus Joe Hendry for the Digital Media Championship. Like, all of that sounds like such a fucking joke. But I watched it, you know. And guess what was right after that? Masha Slamovich, your favorite. Deanna Parazzo, my old favorite. Taylor Wilde, who's probably my new favorite. And Killer Kelly, she's from Portugal. Uh, you really enjoyed this, huh? I thought this was awful. There were some amazing spots in this entire match. I thought there was great from start to finish. We did have, like, the outside dive spots that I always enjoy. The whole, like, people going up to the top rope to set up for a big dive. Masha doing a big senton to all three of them, showing just her amazing talent and strength as a professional wrestler. Then Masha ending up with the big W with all these great submission holds before the finishes transition into another, one into another, having a double submission hold on two separate opponents to set up who's going to tap out first for Masha then to get the it was just such a great I hate spots like that though because like Masha had the the submission for like three minutes and nobody tapped Uh, although I gotta be honest you know when Masha won I I knew immediately Mickey James is winning because you had mentioned like you want to see Masha versus Jordan again you're the only one who wants that when Masha won I thought well we haven't seen Masha Mickey yet if we're still trying to put over Masha Slamovich, imagine her and Mickey at Rebellion. Not only does Mickey lose the belt, her career's over. Masha's the number one heel and the champion going into Slammiversary where we have another Queen of the Mountain match or some shit. So this kind of confirmed it for me. You mentioned Tara being there, Lisa Marie Varen being there. was like, oh, it's so obvious Mickey's losing now. Uh, nope. That, that, to me, it was more obvious he was winning. It's even more obvious when Masha wins that Mickey's winning when she and now she's claiming her Native American heritage. Oh, it's so obvious Mickey's winning. Not some white chick. She's native now. Yeah, she is native now. She's finally going back to her roots and realize that this was what I need to do this build up how my history from like my early days of an independent wrestler from being an Native American now here in the main event of Hard to Kill and setting up for what will be an amazing rebellion in Toronto, Canada, where her career might end against Bush. You Was she Native American as Alexis LeRae? I don't remember that. She was just a white chick. 
Yeah, she was just white. Now I remember again. Lexus Ray was just a white chick. She literally just brought up on, on. She literally brought up on Impact two weeks ago that well, I'm Native American. Like she just mentioned it out of nowhere, and then she came out with a bunch of Native American like stuff. And I just kind of looked at that like, okay, Mickey, you're a white chick. Let's stop. I I am also Native American, but if I was wearing a headdress at work, people would think I'm racist. Like that's. I can't, there's nothing I could do, Gino. I look like a white person, so you don't just get to rock rock that shit. Shiba Inu is up 20%, Gino. What are we doing? We should have bought some yesterday. Then we should have bought more Dogecoin. How could it go that much? Here was your real favorite match. How dare you? Steve Macklin, Rich Swan, Falls Count Anywhere in Atlanta. Watch, watch this back, Gino. They say that 6,000 times. They say this is a false count anywhere in Atlanta match. They don't say false count anywhere. It's not a false count anywhere match. It's a false count anywhere in Atlanta match to almost make it feel like more important. Like false count anywhere matches happen everywhere. This is in Atlanta, though. This is a huge one. Uh, And Macklin was kind of the obvious win. I was rooting for Rich Rich Swan because I don't like Steve Macklin. Kind of ended, you know, abruptly. Like, dope, DDT, and there's the win. Um, Did you like this match? What would you think? I the first half of it I didn't like because they were like on the big monitor, so I had to watch it through a screen. And where I was seated, there was like you see those like little drapes of like kind of like LEDs or like some just like that has like monitor ish. That's in the way sometimes of the feet of the okay. big Titantron they have. So when I was like watching certain spots, I couldn't see everything that was happening. So like I was at least when they finally got to the ring, I was like, hey, we should watch this fucking contest. It's great using the fucking barricade to smashing Rich Swan's head into it, at least from what I saw to finish the match with Rich Swan losing. I thought it was great. And then Macklin just talking shit over all the crowd. I would just enjoy because Macklin was just a great heel. He is pretty good at yelling at everybody. Like they're, they're, When you're watching it live, he does come across as a huge asshole. Like There's so much about him that's hateable. And maybe that's what he is. Maybe he is just a good heel, and I'm sitting there watching this, eating it up like I fucking hate this guy. Because uh, there's other heels on the show that I'm rooting for. Like um, I, I probably mentioned something about this whole thing, but Deanna is somebody that I root for. And... Uh, during this match, I was just like, fuck you, Steve Macklin. Rich Swan rules. He held this company through COVID. And you just showed up here with your WWE failed career and are trying to take his spot. How sick. I hate Steve Macklin, Gino. Uh, popcorn break. Jonathan Gresham versus Eddie Edwards had a snooze fest. Tell me you got up and got a drink during this. I was able to sit down and watch this contest from beginning to end. I enjoyed this match. There were certain spots that was like, okay, they're just setting up for when they're going to transition. Because Gresham is a very technical guy. So they get this slow pace sometimes. But when we got to like that finishing transitions, when we got to the finishing sequence, I was like, this is great wrestling. And then we got the return. I knew it was going to happen since that last impact where we had the whole thunder and lightning and like, who is all this rumbling yeah. about with <laughs> Eddie Edwards by himself? And then we get it on Heart to Kill at Friday the 13th, lightning strikes. We see the big man return, coughing up fucking sand because of Eddie Edwards, throwing him into the desert of Nevada and burying him alive. But he's back to kill Eddie. This was like a bunch of my least favorite things happening in a row. Like Eddie Edwards had a match. I already am not happy. It was against Jonathan Gresham. I'm not happy. It was kind of a lengthy match. It was and it was hold for hold. They're pretending like Eddie Edwards is still like a collegiate athlete, even though he looks like they just pulled him out of, you know, fucking Kroger. And 
what a sloppy just oh my well, move for move and here we go and Gresham lost which makes no sense and then PCO came out which I don't like so it was all these things all in a row like this literally was we just got done having in my opinion a pretty good falls count anywhere in Atlanta match I really enjoyed that whole presentation of like them fighting in front of a car a cutter on the outside of the arena like a lot of cool things were happening during this match and then I had to sit through like oh my god Eddie Edwards is awful Jonathan Gresham is awful Boston knee party for the win PCO all of it was shitty Gino was very unhappy um so it was a bathroom break for your boy here uh Title versus career. This is where I knew. I knew Mickey James was going to win. They were going so hard that this was her last match. It's called the last rodeo. Tara's there. Her whole family's at ringside. She has that big Native American entrance. Uh, so much of this was she's going to win this fucking match. Like, that's just how I felt. She's got to fight Masha at Rebellion or something. Uh, New Year's Revolution. Uh, but, Gino, what a great match. I know you used to not like Mickey, but this turned you around, right? This did because I even told like on a third hour and I did come back in time for that. I was like, this match, I was on the edge of my seat. I just I was not sure who to cheer for because I started to really like Mickey, even though I wanted Jordan to win. Because I part was like, this would be a great moment for Jordan to be have this big history making moment and the build like the beginning sequences of the match where Jordan was just like, I'm strong and you like just fucking out move you. You just can't do shit to me. And her just being the best worker that she is that Mickey was able to perform as well as she could against someone that she had to work like a big man against a little man with. I thought it was a great contest. I didn't know who I was going for. And then the end just made me tear up a little bit. Yeah, it was awesome. And like her family coming in the ring, I was kind of waiting for someone to like call your shot gauntlet on Mickey. But you know, I was waiting like, what is the next thing is, Tara going to turn on her because Tara's not looking like she's in ring shape right now. Like There was a lot of this uh, presentation that was just, it seems like such a retirement, but she's holding the championship, so she's not going anywhere. We're sticking with Mickey James for a little bit longer. And I was even wondering where Magnus was. Like I I'm, I'm, was waiting for a Magnus arrival. This was such a fun match, a great way to end the show. Uh, and it made me really – it put such a bow on Hard to Kill that I just – uh, you said this about some other shows, but like, I thought this was such a perfect event. Like, it was just so well done from start to finish of what I watched. Even the matches that I didn't necessarily like, a fatal four way women's match, it was fine. Uh, the Joe Hendry stuff, whatever. I got to see Moose and Santino, and Joe Hendry had to be there, whatever. Uh, the Macklin match was actually pretty good. I, I actually liked the match. I I don't like Macklin, but the match was good. You know, like. So, and then this match was fantastic. The opening match of Josh Alexander was great. This was a really good fucking pay-per-view. And Impact is just this wacky show that for several weeks you're watching these Impact Wrestling television shows where there's no crowd and it's quiet and it's awkward. Once it's pay-per-view time, they fucking know what they're doing. It's because normally the crowd is like tired out because they're doing tapings and it's like the things are just building up to the pay-per-view that then you get to look forward to and hopefully be able to get to like a no surrender New Year's Revolution, Genesis, Hard to Kill, at Rebellion in Toronto. We have all these big like events we look forward to, and we do have like the weekly shows that are taped. It's like sometimes the crowd does get tired. It's like I don't know if I want you for this because something bigger might happen later. Well, and, and I I used to love this about MLW. Like MLW doesn't have, or maybe they've had it recently. I haven't watched lately, but they they 
before this uh, Battle Riot 4, they didn't have in-ring promos. Like That was always something I liked about MLW is it would be match, something backstage, or something with Alicia Toot, match, something backstage, or something with Alicia, or some sort of like Court Bowers talking to, to, the, to the screen. They, they got rid of the obligatory wrestlers in a ring going, you know, you know, last week here on Impact Wrestling, I put on a match for all you people here. And the crowd, like, it's it's an impact, so there's 19 people there, and it's dead quiet. Or, like you're saying, there's 300 people there, but they've been watching six hours of wrestling, so now by the time Kazarian comes out again, they're just fucking beat. So you, you kind of need, like, like I'm, I would be okay if you sent me to an impact taping for television, and I watched, like, you know, let's say we watched 13 matches, and then they just did all the stuff backstage with Gia Miller or, or Santino. But you know with Santino as their new figurehead, he's coming out. If you go to a TV taping, you're going to see him six times. He's going to be out there the whole night. I, that's unless like maybe they're just doing it one month, this whole set of tapings in Atlanta. Then Scott DeMore comes back. We don't know how long Scott's going to be out for. So we have Santino for now as a on-screen figurehead, but eventually he might be a wrestler. It's Scott DeMore makes him a wrestler. You know, I do this for all you, and I can't wait to get my hands on speedball one more time. Like, it's just, we, we got it. Like, if you're there for three hours and you have to hear another one of those promos, I think I think it's been covered by somebody else. It's okay to not have those those promos in the ring every single time. So, uh, ultimately, Gino, what an amazing show. I know that's your word. It was amazing. I got to give it to Impact Wrestling. I'm excited for the show this Thursday. Like, I'm, I'm genuinely excited for the show this Thursday. Uh, so much so, Gino, I didn't know. So this song, this We on the Night song, I heard it when I was watching football. Did you know this is like a real song that people listen to? I did not know this was a real song. I just thought this was Impact's theme song. It was perfect for Impact, but it's a real licensed song. Yeah, and it's not even by like a band. It's by somebody that just makes TV music. But I'm I'm watching football, and I'm just thinking... Like as soon as it started, I'm like, "Wait, this is the Impact song. Why do I? Why am I hearing this during football? Because it's a perfect song. CBS is lined up on Fridays. Gino, we got a whole new lineup. SWAT, Fire Country. Are you gonna watch Fire Country on Fridays? I don't watch any TV on Fox. Blue Bloods. Smackdown. This is CBS. It's so funny because, like, I was just having this conversation with with my wife. Like, do you know there's three shows called FBI? There's like FBI. FBI International and FBI Most Wanted. Like, there's three FBI shows on CBS on Tuesdays. So they have, like, FBI Night. Did you know that? I did not notice. I did not know FBI basically took over CIS. Yeah, exactly. That was the other thing is, like, remember all the NCISs they had going? And then Wednesdays on NBC is, like, Chicago Night. Like, Chicago Fire, Chicago PD, and Chicago Med or whatever. Like, like, when did this start? Is that just the new thing? Like, the networks are just... Because who's, who's the person sitting there? And I know that we watch three-hour Raws, but who's the person sitting there watching three different episodes of an FBI show in a row? Right, that's a good question, but I'm not one to question because like, I've watched Grey's Anatomy and Private Practice before. I've enjoyed both shows because they're all in the same universe. Was that... That's how these Chicago shows probably are not in the same universe. Like... No, they are. They, they literally are. Oh, they, they all are in the same. Yeah, universe. they've had episodes where they've had to like cross, cross contaminate or whatever. Like, they, and CBS has done that within like NCIS. Um, 
Oh, shit. What was that show? Hawaii Five-0 and NC- one of the NCISs did something. NCIS LA, I think. Because I remember I, I used to watch Hawaii Five-0, but I never thought like, oh, since I watched this show, I also need to watch these other two. And I guess it, maybe it's like a Ron Smackdown deal. Like if you watch Ron Smackdown, you might as well watch Dynamite. You might as well watch Rampage. So maybe they are just trying to create so much content. You have to absorb it all. But who the fuck's watching 911 and 911 Lone Star? I have no idea, but I'm only I'm one of the few people at least watched fucking Grey's Anatomy prior practice. That's the only shit. You're I'm not one of the few people, Gino. Everybody watched Grey's Anatomy. My wife's watching Grey's Anatomy right now. I bet she's been in a huge Grey's Anatomy kick. That's one of the worst shows ever. Gino, I've been in I've been in the office space for many years. Everybody's not fucking all the time. Like people have relationships outside of the office. What is it with this these hospital shows where everybody's fucking each other? They always want to fuck, but prior practice, I think, is also a more serious take on it, but it's in the same universe. I would also, I'd probably enjoy there. that a little more because it had the redhead chick on it. It felt so weird. Without further ado, I'm finding something to live for. It is going to be a lot of fun. People are in danger, man. This song fucking rules too. Like the more I hear it, like every Thursday, it's my favorite. I I walk around the house just singing that song. Like it's my, it's a, it's a banger. And I might have to be watching some of these shows. I'm not gonna watch them on Fridays, obviously. But Blue Bloods is great. I, I have watched like seven or eight seasons of that. Fire Country looks hilarious. Might have checked that out. SWAT's got the dude from Criminal Minds. I only, I only watched a few episodes of that. These shows better be great, Gino, you know, if they're using the Impact Wrestling theme song. That's true. They have to be great if they're using that theme song. But something, speaking of theme songs, I was sad because I forgot because I was like, Eddie Edwards is going to have a match with singles. He's no longer out no more. He's But he still uses out no more's theme, which it's a great theme song. It's a real song. But I wanted the fucking better song. I wanted the fire, but no fire. Take back what's mine. I the fire. No, that's a terrible song. What is it worse than Matt Morgan's? Because I always, I always bring up Matt Morgan's as one of my least favorite. But that's mainly just because the vocalist. A sleeping giant. Is that the worst song in Impact history? In Impact history, I mean, we could go with the fucking the first Mercy Machine Gun song where it's like Party in Motor City or some shit like that. Like one of the earlier songs for Mercy Machine Guns or even the Born in the USA where like pretty much they gave it to everybody that was like coming up. Like they gave it to Jerry Lynn and AJ Styles. That fucking Born in the USA. It's fucking garbage too. Dude, Jordan Grace might have the best song, by the way. She comes out and this song gets you fucking ready for her. That match was so good, Gino. It's like a perfect wrestling song. right up there with Adamy. I think Fozzie's Adamy is an even better wrestling theme. Uh, so Adamized once said, did you just call Bruce Springsteen? Did you, didn't Jerry Lynn have like a knockoff of that though? Like, Yeah, it was born in the USA. Is what the, the Impact gave it to everybody. It was born in the USA. Let me see. I got to find this. Born in the used is what I typed. Uh, here we go. To, 
2002. I think you're right. I think it was like. So it's pretty much just the Bruce Springsteen, but like. The song rules. That's so weird because it is just such a Bruce Springsteen knockoff, but it's awesome. You don't like this song? I mean, it's it's worse than like it's not it's bad because like compared like what Dale Oliver did later when he realized we could just rip off like take riffs from songs like Jim like Jerry Jimmy Hart did in WCW make our own the themes themes that actually are badass like Christian Cage's theme was basically an Evanescence song made better. I thought it was so just the Evanescence song to do it. They just did the riffs from it as a song and made it into a whole new theme song, a song for Christian. Dale Oliver was a genius for that, but it all started from like the ground up with something like Bore from the USA, which is just a Bruce Springsteen knockoff. Oh my gosh, it's so just a Bruce Springsteen. I never, I don't remember that. That was so blocked in my head. I'm pretty sure Christian Cage was just the Evanescence song. It, I like, I, I never thought it was tweaked. I thought it was tweaked at all, just as far as like the, the little like synthesizer that like that was they they elevated that more. Let me look at the my last breath. See, this is Christian song, right? You think it is? It's got the countdown thingy. So Christian song just has like the synth, like where they they really go like. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the that's not they. What did they change? Let's take a look. Oh, this song's awesome. <laughs> Christian rules. Yes, he was just hiding the synthesizer.
same song, you know. Thank you, Rashad. So they're, they're, I, I don't know if Dale did enough to make me think, oh, this is a Dale song. I thought they just took the Evanescence song and cut the lyrics parts out. He was just that good to make you think it might just be the same song. Just like I think he did a Kevin Nash theme where like it was basically a Tupac song, like some type of rapper's theme. It was basically Kevin Nash, but Kevin Nash did that for like even WCW. He had just famous rap songs just covered and done with Jim, with fucking Jimmy Hart just to make his own themes were just rapper's themes. Dude, best Great. wrestling song ever right here. What was this about? Because we all we always thought it said test tits test tits test tits. Are they just trying to be edgy? No, it's just this is a test. It's always this is a test. Really quick, because Jim Johnson's speech is always weird. Test should have been more. Every time I'd play with my wrestling toys, Test ended up winning some Royal Rumbles. Why did he not win the championship, Gino? Well, we all know why he didn't. That's because of our best friend, the man who always loved championships more than anything, and he's good friends with that man who only loves championships. That's Triple H. He cost Test his entire run. His entire career was all because Triple H and his good friend Shawn Michaels. Really? What did they say? Like, this kid doesn't have it. This kid sucks. Well, Triple H would always say it like that. Like, he just hates Test. Because even if you watch back, because I watched Tough Enough. I was randomly watching the season one Tough Enough. That episode where Triple H has the dudes do bumps. Well, all the clips of Triple H they show is him being the fuck out of Test. So it's like they're just like trying to show people Triple H is better than Test. Test sucks. Test is a loser. Triple H, so you should be a fan of. Well, in 2001, Test did suck. What are, what are you talking about? Yeah. like during... Test was always great. Fuck 2000. Test is it... the greatest. He should have been world champion multiple times over. But Triple H, I feel, is what cost him. Because we're getting slowly to that hold on, moment. Hold on. Hold on. Realized... This is... No, no, no. This is you doing the back the backseat conspiracy bullshit. So you think because the editors of Tough Enough, a show produced by MTV, since they edited the clips of Triple H beating Test up, you think it's Triple H saying, yeah, uh. You should do some clips of me beating up Test. Yeah, Andrew sucks. Yeah, <laughs> me beating up Andrew, that'd be great. Like, that's what you think. Yes, I feel like back then they just, Triple H wanted to always show that he was better than Test because he stole Test's entire spot his entire career. Entire spot? What do you mean? He was well, he was always better yeah. than Test. I'm like, Test was in DX. Test was always better than Triple H in Rick. In ring with the elbow drop? No, t Test sucks. Test diving up was the greatest diving up of all time. Matt. Macho Man Max rules. Caster's okay, but Jay Lethal's is almost as. You're not even Test. naming the best one. You're naming all these mediocre elbows. Fucking Macho Man invented the elbow drop. It's such a stupid move when you think about it. Instead of putting all my weight on you like a frog splash, I'm gonna use just the tip of my elbow. Elbows and now, now it would hurt. You know, don't. I'm not saying it wouldn't hurt, but I'm just saying me, me, Test. Test weighs 300 pounds. Fucking put as much impact as you can on these fucking guys. Don't drop an elbow. What are you, the Rock? He's better than the Rock. He's the greatest, and he should have been world champion. Just like the Test Big Boot is probably the best Big Boot of all time. Oh, easily. When him and Stacy were together, and he accidentally gave her the Big Boot, and I thought she died. Oh, Gino, Gino, what a sad time in my life. So I, I love the the born and raised in the USA song. Th thank you so much for showing me that. 
That is absolutely fantastic. Uh, I think we about covered it, you know. Jay Lethal passed away today. Uh, you know, our thoughts and prayers are with it. Does he have children, Gino? That makes me sad. I don't know if Jay Lethal has kids, but I know Jay Briscoe sadly did pass away today. I didn't know about Jay Lethal. It's sad that Lethal's gone too. Also, rest in peace to Test. Thank you, Ayako, for pointing that out. Test also passed away, as Gino likes to say. He did not die. He passed away. Brody Lee, this is our this is our Brody Lee tribute show too. We never really did that either. So we have our Brody Lee tribute, our test tribute. We got to listen to the awesome AJ Styles theme song, which is now officially our our impact song, Gino. Because we're the official unofficial impact wrestling podcast. I might have to reach out to Scott Tamore again and like just say, hey, by the way, Gino and I talk exclusively impact wrestling right now. He went to Hard to Kill. He wants me to go stay with him in June to go see this other show that he's going to. Uh, which I, I'll just wait for them to come to, to Dallas. I mean, pff, I'll just go to one of those, you know? So ultimately I think we, I think we covered it. Dude, the impact needs us, right? I, I didn't check the numbers, but that, that how is impact wrestling still alive episode is like the most we've ever done. I think impact needs anybody to talk about them because impact wrestling is something that people need to be watching. Feel like Deanna, Jordan Grace, they know that the fans don't watch. It's because they feel like it's some type of stigma, some type of issue. But I feel impact wrestling is in an amazing spot. It is in right now. It's some of the best, both male, women's, and tag team wrestling out there. And now we have some great athletes coming in, fully signing back in with impact full time. It's just an amazing time to come back to be a pro wrestling fan and support impact wrestling and say, fuck the WWE and all the garbage they're putting out there for seven eight hours every goddamn week but if they want us to be their official unofficial podcast as well just hit me up on twitter i'll I'll respond to those although gino i have been on uh i've been on a social media what do we call it a fast for church and it's been kind of refreshing dude to not have instagram not have twitter not have facebook to just kill the noise once and for all it's unbelievably relaxing I can tell it probably would be relaxed, man, but there's still, like, I had to use, I had to check out social media to find out the information about Jay Briscoe, so that's what I was like, I need social media sometimes for some sad information like this, at least know and remember our humanity and how mortal we all are. Oh, we're so mortal. Oh, so $100 Uber ride, Gino, what is that like when you get in an Uber and the driver goes, hour-long drive, huh? Like, did, did, what is that like? Because you've even said in an Uber before, you do not talk. You're oh, you just doing his job. He doesn't want to talk to me. Like, a very depressing way to look at the world that you say, like, oh, our humanity. So, uh, what was the ride like? Do you know, male driver, female driver, hot, unhot? This, this was a male driver. It was only about $40. Again, I, had, I paid ahead of nice. time. Like, at least I had to get $40 for 30 minutes. So, like, decent pay. So, like, that's good. It wasn't $100 because sometimes, again, lift charges depending like, the hours, like, busy hours or, like, how right. busy traffic is and all this. Depends on time and the distance. So, they lose only 40 bucks to get from the venue to the house. What did suck is similarly to, like, having to be parked, like, to get to the venue. Me getting a dude's car, he had to park also in the middle of the street. So, I had, like, go around, walk. There was traffic going through. I just had to quickly open the door, get in, close it as fast as I could. What is this fucking building in the middle of a swamp? Why can't you get it? Why Why doesn't there, there's no like lane? Like there's no bus lane where the car can just stop so you can get in? Why do you have to run in the middle of a road? Because we, look at Because Impact had all their fucking production trucks. The trucks like right there outside in front of the door. So the only event, the way they could get in is through the uh, fucking do- it's called driveway into the parking garage where you'd have to pay for parking. What if did people park though? Other people parked there, right? Yeah, they paid for parking. People wanted to spend like forty bucks or however much it would be for parking. 
So I'd rather say no. Are you making fun of them? Are you making fun of them for paying for parking, which I'm sure was 20 bucks? It probably costs a lot of money to pay for parking. You're the one who took a $40 Uber ride and your stepdad dropped you off. Instead of pay for parking, I'd rather take pay for Uber. And your your stepdad dropped you off. Yeah, they're the idiots. Like Those people are fucking ridiculous. I paid for parking when I went to AEW. I also had to drive myself, you know. And yeah, it was $20 parking and they took card, which was very, very convenient for me. So, what did you and the driver talk about? Where was he from? Uh, what did you guys have in common? What was that like? We actually did talk about like wrestling. Like he talked to me. Like I told him about how at least these tickets I went paid for were only about fifty bucks because I also paid for like the coverage. So it's about like thirty, forty dollars. He was like, he used to like last time he went to, like wrestling was like five dollars. So he was like an older gentleman. Oh, really? And I was talking like basically back then was like forty dollars now because of inflation. He was like, yeah, pretty much. So we were pretty much talking about that. Then we didn't really have much else to talk about. We were just driving. It was just a good drive. Were you in the front seat or back seat? Back seat. I'm never in the front seat on Lyft or Uber. No one should do that. No one should do that? Why not? That would make the driver uncomfortable. Why? How do you know? I feel it's uncomfortable. Have you seen Zodiac? I don't want someone sitting behind me. Fucking shoot me in the head when we get (laughs) to the destination. I sit in the corner from them. So you have them, then you're right behind, like a quarter behind Still don't want, still don't want that. also was like the uh, rules they have for lift because the whole COVID shit. They were like, you had to sit a quarter from them, at least to the driver's side. So that was the whole point. We have two people. Because I remember that shit. Yes, I care about COVID still because COVID is a real thing. What if you have two people in the car though? Does that change it? Oh, suddenly COVID doesn't spread. You guys just sit in the back. Sadly, it might be different if there's two people. Sadly, Are you boosted? Be- did you get a booster? I did not get a booster, just the two shots right now. You don't care about COVID then, Gino. Fucking stop Stop trying to virtue signal. We know, you, we know you're naturally woke like Tony Khan, okay? We know that that's how you operate. Your brain, you even mentioned, like, I remember when we first started doing this together, you were like, well, I don't want to get canceled. I'm like, from what? Like, that's what I love about you. You're like, well, I just don't want to get canceled. I don't know what I'm going to get canceled from, but I better not get it. I don't want to be canceled. So you're just automatically worried about the mob coming after you. And there's no mob, Gino. We're talking to 300 people a week. We are only talking 300 people a week, but there could be those people that listen that will try to get there into their echo chambers and try to cancel us for X, Y. Yeah, from their own echo chambers. Like, oh, you can't go into my Reddit anymore. You're out of our Discord. Nobody cares, Gino. Like, you're immortal here. I care about getting at least being on the same page, being an open-minded individual. I'm not open-minded. What if I tell you that COVID, what if I tell you the vaccine has done more harm than good? Are you going to have an open mind of that? I will at least keep that under consideration, but I do feel that the vaccine has done more good than harm. In what way? At least keep us alive because I'm still alive. Sniper Man is still alive. His family, his mom is still alive. So I feel that at least the vaccine helps those that really do care. What about people that didn't get vaccine that are all still alive, though? That is a good question. We need to like figure out in the years from now how this affects us. Those <laughs> that really did get vaccinated, those that did not. So, and then when you hear about, so like I actually, you know, I call medical offices for work. So let's talk about, I called a pediatric office where they were admin- administering the vaccine. And she said that they had a 19% adverse effect ratio. So let's pretend that 100 kids went in there and 19 of them now have heart conditions or now have brain conditions or whatever it would be that the VAERS report isn't telling you. She said she filed a report and they never heard back. So let's say that that's one pediatric office that I talked to in a country where there's several. Does that worry you at all about, hey, we approve this for kids? It does worry me at least like how young in the child's life we do get them. And we shouldn't do it in a, we should, that's actually a really difficult question (laughs) to ask, I feel. That's why, keep an open mind. 
keep an open mind. Don't be naturally woke, because that, that once you start leaning that way, you're just that way. All right. Like I'm starting to make strides with my with my cousin, which is fantastic. We she's been going to church. She's been doing some more scripture, and it, like just through that, her her whole perception on life is changing. So when I hear like, well, you know, I don't want to be canceled, or oh, well, naturally woke, and this and this, it's like, but just ask a couple questions and just really, really get in there and see what's going on. Why do we have to pay 10 cents for grocery bags in California? What are they doing with that tax money? What are they doing with that, Gino? Why do I have to pay a cardboard box tax? What are they doing with that money, Gino? Why are there still all of these homeless people? Why are there still poor people if you guys are redistributing the wealth? Who's actually getting the wealth? That is all really good question, but what I gotta save all the grocery at least you gotta get those cloth bags, those really nice cloth bags that last through a long time. Just bring those and use those and bag them yourself. You don't need people bagging shit for you. You mean the totes? Those aren't cloth. Those are canvas. Yeah, canvas cloth. They're all same difference. Oh my cloth, gosh. Why totes, are we talking? What are multiple we talking totes. About? What are we talking yourself. about? Multiple totes. He says. Do you have your own totes, Gino? Are you a big tote guy? Did you get your license yet? Let's talk about that. Did you? So I know that you just had to do this hour-long Uber ride. Are you, uh, like, with this hour, with this or half hour, whatever it was? Like, are you incentivized? Are you trying to like, okay, next step in my life, get get a car, get a driver's license, so I can be able to get out of the house. I think really the next step in my life, if I do like want to make that stride and save up for it, is just having my own place. But that's not gonna happen anytime soon. But you keeping that in my mind, at least work you towards right in the face. Thank you, Red uh, Red Acacia. So, but let, let's let's pretend then, Gino. So here you are. You want to get your own place? How are you gonna go out? And I guess you wouldn't have to. Huh? You would just you would just get groceries delivered. That's a new way to do that. How would you get to work? Just Uber again? Uber again, most likely. I wouldn't mind that. Just making enough money that I could be able to afford the building that I live in. Hopefully, with possible roommates, because at least we'd save some money, split it multiple ways, and then just taking Lyft or Uber. Or if, depending on who I live with, they live like work around the same location. You got to get a budget, like a you know. You got to realize this Uber shit. So that's like eating away at your income, dude. Like, if it's like think of it. If you make ten bucks an hour or fourteen bucks an hour, you take a fourteen dollar Uber ride. I mean, that's one hour of your work. So if you go to work for eight hours, you're really only working six hours. Or you're getting paid for six hours at least because your commute is taking up two of your hours of income. That is true, but at the same time, I just realized like, that is a worthwhile investment. I'm willing to like, pay for that because I know that at least it's saving me, again, a lot in the moment compared like in the long run. Because Uber, it's like long run, I'm about to pay for that, but a car would cost like a lot up front, then over time costing a lot, a lot more. That equals up to possibly as much as I'm going to spend for Lyft for the rest of my life. So you're thinking if you spend like, I mean, I hate to, I hate to do spreadsheets, Kevin, but if we did a spreadsheet right now, and let's just say, like, let's assume that there's 20 working days in a month, right? So through the 20 working days in a month, you're spending, how much do you spend on Uber per day? That is about for right now ten dollars per ride. So per ride, so you're spending twenty bucks a day, right? I, I would be if I have to take it both back there and back. So some days I don't have to because step that again. When I do live by myself, or at least with others, it will be there and back. So it will be four hundred dollars a month in just Uber rides. So I, I mean, hey, maybe you're not wrong, 
because I know that my car payment is more than $400. So, and I got to pay for gas and for car insurance. So maybe you figured this out. I mean, that's assuming that the Uber rides are always 10 bucks. You know, that's not dealing with any surcharges. I don't know if on Fridays, because I know sometimes if I, if you take an Uber or a Lyft on a Friday compared to a Thursday, there's always going to be a surcharge. So maybe, yeah, if you're, if you could keep them at $20 a day, you might have cracked the code, you know. I'm selling my car. See, that's not a bad idea. You sell your car as long as you're close enough away where it only costs about ten bucks a ride there and back. And even if you're willing to like wait, work some extra hours, work some extra minutes until you see that fucking charge goes down to ten or less than ten. There you go. There you go. Just stack OT and yeah, get a cheaper Uber ride out of it. So Gino, we did it. You gave me financial advice tonight. I'm gonna sell my car, no car insurance for your boy. I'm Miss Daisy style now. Everyone's gonna drive me around. Because uh, it's it's gonna save me just based off this mathematic equation. Now, obviously, I think it costs more than ten bucks for an Uber ride, especially for me. I've never had an Uber ride less than ten bucks. Uh, it's gonna be at least fourteen or fifteen to get to work, probably twenty to get home from work, and I only work six miles away. Uh, so you're getting really good deals on these Ubers, Gino. Almost feels like you're lying to my face right now. I'm not gonna call you out though, and. Yes, that is a great way to do this, Gino. Just Uber everywhere. No one needs a car. What do you need a car for? We're, we live in New York, okay? This is fantastic. So, Gino, let's ride off into that glorious sunset. I'll be back tomorrow. Tomorrow is the whole fucking show. Uh, I'll be there with Kevin. Gino, are you going to be there? I will be there. It's going to be a great night after Dynamite. When hopefully Dynamite will continue on their greatness, at least having one match of the night like Brian Danielson versus Kushi, uh, versus. Actually, they're going to have Darby Allen versus Kushida. That's going to be a fucking match tonight right there. Dude, we're, I might order pizza. Wait, this might be a table nachos kind of night. I'm going to be in a great mood tomorrow night. I already, I can already feel that. Uh, so I'm excited for, for Dynamite. We have Impact on Thursday. That's going to be a great show. Then we have SmackDown on Friday, which that's going to be a great show. SmackDown's better than Raw. I know Kevin always says, Raw is three hours and it sucks. SmackDown's even worse. At least it's only two hours. I, I think that the two hours of SmackDown, when I watch it on Saturday and make pancakes, I think it's a, a much easier watch than a three-hour Raw. Three-hour Raw with commercials is unbearable. I can't fucking do it. Raw is just the absolute worst of them. I've got to say, here's the order of operations of the amazing shows that we have of pro wrestling. We have Impact, we got Dynamite, you've got NXT, SmackDown, and Raw. <laughs> NXT That's sucks, you know. NXT is by far the worst one. They were really excited to advertise Jinder Mahal. And I like Jinder Mahal, but when you, that's like your big like feather in the cap. This Tuesday night, Jinder Mahal. It's like, okay, let's let's watch Impact Wrestling. So everyone have a good night, and we will be back tomorrow with Kev Be Cool for the whole fucking show. New theme song, by the way, Gino. Slapnut, we did it, JR Ramrod, we did it, D-Cast, Atomize One, Kev Be Cool, J-Tay, Dakota Guy, Red Acacia, Ayako, Cassidy, Jigs, Rashad, we did it all.
What do we put here? Na 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 na.